This episode is brought to you by Delta Airlines. One of the most underrated parts of a trip is that flight home. And that's why Delta Airlines tries to make you feel at home long before you even get there. Now, for somebody like me that's a homebody, feeling at home in the air is very valuable to me. And I love to curate that comfortable experience. And what I love about Delta is they have over a thousand hours of in-flight entertainment. They have Wi-Fi so I can do anything else that I want to do on my devices. They have great food and drink, and it just creates a positive end to my trip. They have fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi available for SkyMiles members, more than a thousand hours of in-flight entertainment, and they have premium food options and beverages like herbal teas, cold brew, sparkling wine, and more. All of the comforts that you'll find at home, you can find in a flight experience that feels made just for you. You may not be home yet, but Delta Airlines helps you feel a little bit more like it. Delta Airlines believes that you should feel at home, even if you're 30,000 feet above it. Learn more at Delta.com. You are listening to Blessed and Bossed Up, presented by Anchored Media, an entrepreneurship podcast for Christians all about how to make God the CEO of your business. Get ready to be inspired, challenged, but well-equipped to live and build your destiny His way. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. I'm really hype about today's episode um, because I believe that this message that uh, God has me to give to you guys is extremely important and it's one that um, it just needs to get across. So, but before we get into that, just a quick thank you to everybody who tuned into our open house last week. Um, my media company, Anchor Media, we had our open house where we talked about our podcast network and the different programs and things that we offer for those who are interested in starting a podcast or for those who are not seeing the results that they want to see on their show. And so if you missed it, just click the link in the show notes. Um, I'll have it there for you to where you can can pretty much just get the replay sent to you. We have applications open right now. So for you guys that don't know, if you are an aspiring podcaster or a new podcaster, then you fall into our new voices category. And for those, we do our retreat. And then we offer a program after the retreat that allows you to work with me and the team on a nine-month basis. Uh, you don't have to be a part of the program in order to join the retreat. And, um, but the retreat is awesome because there are a lot of general things that everybody's going to need to know about creating a show that not only reaches the masses, but is profitable. So we cover all of really the heavy lifting at the retreat. And then for the program, you get to work with me to um, get specialized attention for your show. But in order to even come to our retreat, the retreat is required to work with us at all for those that are in this category. Um, so in order to come to the retreat, you got to apply. So our applications are actually still open until Wednesday at 11.59 p.m. And then by Thursday, we're sending out decisions and invitations on those who were 
are invited or not invited to the retreat. So if you guys ever wanted to start a show, you ever wanted to know how to start a show that gets the reach that our shows get and makes the money that our shows make, then go just click the link in the show notes to get the replay sent to you and then submit your application by Wednesday. We also have other opportunities um, for those who don't want to wait to the retreat and just want to do like a one-time session with me to really break down your show or to plan out the launch of your show. Then we have VIP days available for you guys. Those are very limited and on a first come first serve. So all of that information is in the replay and the open house information. So that's it for the church announcements. Let's get right into today's episode. The title of today's episode is imposter syndrome is rebelling against God. I'm going to say that one more time. Imposter syndrome is rebelling against God. This episode may not even be that long because I don't feel like this is something that I really need to be long winded about. But instead, I believe that God has sent me here on this episode to really shift your perspective a bit when it comes to um, your obedience to the things that he's telling you to do. I believe that there are a lot of you who aren't being intentionally disobedient, like you're not trying to rebel against God, but it's your own fears or insecurities about what it is that he's called you to do. That's causing you to fall into this category. And it's important for us as believers to understand that, yes, the positions of our heart are good, are, um, excuse me, yes, the positions of our heart matter, but our actions matter as well. So you can have good intentions all that you, all you want, but if you're not doing the things that God has called you to do, if you're not taking action and, and adding the work to your faith, you're not going to see the things that you want to see. And ultimately you're going to be outside the will of God. And I know for me, when it comes to my life, when it comes to my business, the only thing I ever want to be is inside the will of God for my life. And that's it. But I believe that there are a a lot of you who are not, you don't mean to be outside of the will of God for your life, but you are because uh, you're allowing, like I said, your insecurities or how you feel about what it is that he's calling you to do or your skepticism about what it is that he's calling you to do to keep you pull back to keep you stagnant, to keep you shrinking when he's called you to stand out. I remember I got an email from someone recently and um, in her email, she had alluded to just hoping that she could feel deserving one day of like, um, what did she say? It was something about like um, feeling deserving to be in a close proximity to me or, or something like that. But she was putting me on a pedestal and I had to correct her in the email. Like, hold on, girl, I'm not special. I'm a regular degular schmegular person. And I appreciate the fact that you, you hold me in high regard, but I want you to hold yourself in high regard too, because I'm no better than you. I'm the same as you, the exact same as, as you, the only difference. And I try to emphasize this any platform, anytime I get on a platform, anytime I'm speaking, because we have a tendency to put people on pedestals and, and in order for us to look up to somebody, then consequently, we're kind of putting them in a position to look down on us. And I make sure I say that right. If I'm looking up to somebody in order for them to see me, they have to look down. And I don't really like that personally, when people put me on a pedestal like that, because to me, we're eye to eye, we're the exact same person. And like I said, only difference between me and you is my commitment to, to, to staying in God's will for my life. 
The only reason you look up to me or or you admire me in any way is because you admire my commitment to, to staying in the will of God and you admire the results that you see from that. But I'm not special. You could be your own goals as long as you just continue to stay in the will of God. And so I believe that he sent me here um, to talk about this today. And we actually had an episode maybe like two years ago. This was like black girl boss days where me and Milan talked about imposter syndrome. So to define it for you, for those of you who may not know what imposter syndrome is, is defined as a collection of feelings of inadequacy that persists despite evident success. Imposters suffer from chronic self-doubt and a sense of intellectual fraudulence that override any feelings of success or external proof of their competence. So people who have um, imposter syndrome pretty much always feel like a fraud. Like you always feel like you are in, are in no way deserving of um, the platforms that you've given or the things that you've earned. Like you also, you all always have this feeling like it could all get taken away because I didn't earn this for real. No matter even how, like it says, it says um, that feeling of fraudulence that overrides any feelings of success or external proof of their competence. So no matter how many things that you accomplish or how, no matter how much, how many receipts that you have, that you're deserving and you're successful, you just always feel like an imposter. And so Milan and I talked about this a few years ago and um, we just talked about our own dealings with imposter syndrome. But what I found is as women of God and as people of God, we feel this as well because most of the time what God is calling us to do are things that we legit aren't qualified for. Right? So the imposter syndrome is taken to a whole new level because now not only are we already dealing with these certain feelings of inadequacies. Now God is calling us to platforms and people and places and positions and businesses and things that we are, are not qualified to do in our own strength. And so what did, what happens is a lot of times this causes us to retreat. This causes us to shrink. This causes us to feel like, oh, because, um, I don't have these qualifications on paper. God surely can't be calling us, calling me to do this. But I believe my job today is to get you to understand that that's nothing but a trick of the enemy and it's an effective trick of the enemy. And as we're going into 2020, I believe a lot of us are in prayer because I know we talked about like um, really planning and strategizing and all of those things. But I believe that a lot of us are in prayer in this time too of God, what do you have for me? What do you want for me out of this new decade? What are some things that I need to leave in 2019? What are some loose ends that um, needs to be left here? Or what are some things that you have for me in 2020? What do you want me to do, God? I want to be in your will. I want you to make me, I want to make you the CEO. I want all of these things. So God, what do you want me to do? And then when God gives you the answer, you're like, oh, surely that wasn't God because that's too big. Or I'm not qualified for that. Or I've never done that before. Why would God call me to this industry when my education is in something else? And I think about my friend Kristen. God called her to education. And she doesn't have a, a PhD, a doctorate, a master's in education, none of that. But she's excelling in that area because when she goes into these schools, these uh, cr- these judicial systems, when she goes into these youth detention centers, she's bringing the Holy Spirit with her. That is the only qualification that she needs. So go back and listen to that Dangers of the Mind episode to hear more about her story. But even for me, I did a whole tour 
And the tour was, it, it, we talked about business, but I gave pretty much a whole message, uh, preached a whole sermon at every stop. We laying hands on people. We're praying. We casting out stuff. We're doing all of these supernatural works. It's not a church service. Nobody laid hands on me and said that here, you're an evangelist. You could go out to the masses and do these things. Nobody ordained me to do anything. But God called me to do certain things at certain times. And I had to make a decision was, well, where am I, am I going to let my imposter syndrome keep me stuck? Or am I going to go forth and do what God called me to do simply because he, he said so? And I believe a lot of us are allowing that insecurity to keep us stuck. And that's not what God needs us to do in this season. I, I truly believe that it's a special time for those of us who are righteous, those of us in the body of Christ who truly have a heart to serve God. I believe it's a special time for us, but I don't want the time to be missed by anybody because you've allowed the enemy to make your imposter syndrome cause you to rebel against God. And let me even tell you guys where this episode even came from, because you all could tell I'm hype. I kind of hop right into it. But the other day, so my husband and I have like a morning routine where where um, before we leave each other, before he goes to work, he prays for us. And then I lay my hands on him and I pray for for him before he goes out. And so as he was praying for us, I heard God say, open your Bible and pick up where you left off. And where I left off, as y'all know, early in the year, I talked about how um, I was reading the Bible from the beginning. And if I'm being real, I kind of fell off, mostly because there were things I fell off from the whole reading from the beginning, because there were some things going on in my personal life where I kind of needed specific prayers. Like I, I needed specific scriptures. I couldn't just read from the beginning because it was some stuff that I was fighting through personally. And so I pretty much was camped out in those different scriptures for what I needed to fight for myself. But, and so it's been a minute. And then even when it came to the tour, we started up with the tour and I'm like, okay, God, what do you have for me? So I was studying a lot of the scriptures that I had to speak about. So it's been a minute since I picked up from the beginning or where I was reading from the beginning. And, um, so God was like, pick up where you left off. And instantly I knew what he was talking about. And so where I left off from was, and I think I I was right in the beginning of Deuteronomy. So I was like in the beginning, beginning still, (laughs) but, um, so I was like, okay, God, all right. So I kind of took a mental note of that. We finished our morning routine. And then once he, he left, or I think I took him somewhere. So once I got back home, I, um, went back into Deuteronomy. And so I started reading it. From the beginning and to give you guys a little bit of context where we are here, Deuteronomy, this is after the Exodus. This is after um, God rescued everybody, used Moses to rescue everyone from slavery. They made their journey to um, the promised land, but then the people rebelled against God and he pretty much sent them wandering for 40 years until that generation died off. And he could try again with the, the next generation to take them into the promised land. So here in Deuteronomy, now everybody is all of the younger people, the generation that he allowed to stay alive are now older. And now they're ready to, um, the wanderings are over and they're ready to get ready to enter into the promised land. And in the beginning of the, in the beginning of the book, Moses is pretty much recapping everything for them, reminding them of pretty much the whole story. He's basically recapping the whole entire story from the Exodus until this very moment. And so I'm reading this, um, in the beginning, I'm, I'm reading pretty much Moses's recap. And I got to the point where Moses is reminding them about 
their uh, previous generation's rebellion against God. And that's when God told me imposter syndrome is rebelling against me and told me to talk about this on the podcast. And this really like hit me when I read it because I was kind of just like breezing through it because I had read the Exodus, like I already know what happened. So they're repeating it. I'm a little bored. like so. But I'm just reading it because clearly if God told me to pick up where I left off, that there's a reason. And even a little Bible reading tip, even if you feel like it's getting a little bit redundant, still read it because God will pull, give you fresh revelation about things that may, that you may have assumed were going to be redundant or boring. But nevertheless, so I'm reading this and God tells me imposter syndrome is rebellion against me and to talk about this on the podcast. So let me actually start. I'm going to read you guys Deuteronomy 1 and I'm going to start at 19. I'm not going to read the whole book, of course, but I, I do want to read this chunk so that you guys understand what's going on in the text. So it says in verse 19, then just as the Lord our God commanded us. And remember, this is Moses pretty much giving everybody a recap of what has already happened. It says, then just as the Lord our God commanded us, we left Mount Sinai and traveled through the great and terrifying wilderness, as you yourselves remember, and headed toward the hill country of the Amorites. When we left at, when we arrived at Kadesh, I said to you, you have now reached the hill country of the Amorites that the Lord our God is giving us. Look, he has placed the land in front of you. Go and occupy it as the Lord, the God of your ancestors has promised you. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. So here they're there. They're where they need to be. Moses tells them, go and occupy it. God is giving you this. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. But you all came to me and said, first, let's send out scouts to explore the land for us. They will advise us on the best route to take and which towns we should enter. This seemed like a good idea to me. So I chose 12 scouts, one from each of your tribes. They headed for the hill country and came to the valley of Eskal and explored it. They picked some of its fruit and brought it back to us and they reported the land the Lord our God has given us is indeed good land. So these people, because they were skeptical, and that's actually one of the points I'm going to pull out in a second, um, but because they were skeptical, they were already there to go occupy the land. But because they were skeptical about what God was calling them to do, they asked that they could go scout it out instead. Right. So Moses said, OK, that sounded like a good idea to me. So y'all, I'll let y'all do it. I, I picked out a, a, a scout from each one of y'all tribes. Y'all came back and said the land is indeed good land. But here's where they rebel in verse 26. He says, but you rebelled against the command of the Lord, your God, and refused to go in. You complained in your tents and said, the Lord must hate us. That's why he's brought us here from Egypt to hand us over to the Amorites to be slaughtered. Where can we go? Our brothers have demoralized us with their report. They tell us the people of the land are taller and more powerful than we are, and their towns are large with walls rising high into the sky. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. But I said to you, don't be shocked or afraid of them. The Lord your God is going ahead of you. He will fight for you just as you saw him do in Egypt. And you saw how the Lord your God cared for you all along the way as you traveled through the wilderness, just as a father cares for his child. Now he has brought you to this place. But even after all he did, you refused to trust the Lord your God, who goes before you looking for the best places to camp, guiding you with a pillar of fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day. So I love how in this text, Moses is is reiterating to them how God has has protected them and provided for them up until this point. 
So if God has, has led you from slavery, he took you out of the place that you were complaining about the slavery, the, this mistreatment. And he was bringing you to a land that you even said was good because you went and scouted it out. But because you saw that there were giants and oppositions there, you got afraid, even though he said, don't be afraid. Now you're scared. And now you're going to rebel against God because you know, don't think that the God that did all of that for you up until this point is going to complete what it is that he sent you to do and continue to pr protect you and provide for you once he sends you there. And I believe that this is so, this is so integral and so important for a lot of us because there's some things that God has called us to in 2020 or some things he's speaking to you about some big things, some huge things, and you're getting afraid and you're allowing that imposter syndrome to make you rebel against God. But the same God that has gotten you up until this point that rescued you from those, whatever your slavery was, whatever your bondage was, the same God that rescued you from those things is the same God that's going to provide for, for you in this new territory that's going to protect you from the opposition in this new territory why is what God done all of a sudden not good enough to keep you keep your mind where it needs to be to continue to follow him why is God's not track track record not good enough for you to continue to trust him and, and I, when you read the text pay attention to these things Moses keeps reiterating what God has done and he says, but even after all he did, you refuse to trust the Lord, your God, who goes before you looking for the best places to camp, guiding you with a pillar of fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day. And then he goes on to basically tell them um, when the Lord heard your complaining, he became very angry. So he sw solemnly swore that none of you from this wicked generation will live to see the good land. I swore to your ancestors, except Caleb, who was one of the ones who came back with a positive report. He will see this land because he has followed the Lord completely. I will give to him and his descendants some of the very land he explored during his scouting mission. And the Lord was also angry with me talking about Moses talking about himself. Excuse me. He said to me, Moses, not even you will enter the promised land. Instead, your assistant Joshua will lead the people into the land. Encourage him for he will lead Israel and take possession of it. And then, um, so yeah, this is pretty much a recap of their journey up until this point. And so I really wanted to talk about this because Israel's rebellion was because they allowed their insecurities to defeat the opposition, to defeat the, the descendants of Amak, the, the tall um, seven foot to nine foot people that was there. Like they allowed that their fear of what they saw to cause them to rebel against God. And what's so crazy is, and this wasn't even my first point, but I'm gonna move it up because we're talking about it. There are a couple points I really want to pull from this to, for you guys to really apply to your current situations. Don't let your skepticism lead you to ultimately rebel against God. Let me say that again. Don't let your skepticism lead you to ultimately rebel against God. Now, remember back in verse, we was only at verse like what? 21. And I started at 19 and Moses says to the people, look, he has placed the land in front of you. Go and occupy it as the Lord, the God of your ancestors has promised you. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. So they were supposed to go occupy it then. But then they came, their skepticism, like, oh, hold on. God is telling me to go here. God is telling me to pick up and move. God is telling me to leave my job. God is telling me to start this ministry, to start this business. Hold on now. How is that going to work? I don't know nothing about that. He's calling me to this industry that I don't know anything about. 
oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. All right, can I go scout it out first? So they went to Moses was like, well, let's scout it out to see. And then, and then they came up with some excuses, which I think it is that, and it says that they will advise us on the best route to take in which towns we should enter. I believe it was skepticism. This is my interpretation that I believe it was their skepticism that made them want to scout because if they really trusted God, they would have just went. Cause that's what he said to do, right? They, he, if they were to been radically obedient, they would have just went, but no, their skepticism says, oh, well, Moses, can we go like, look at it first? And, and that, and that led to them seeing that there were giants and opposition and things in this land that caused them to ultimately rebel against God and forget how he protected them and provided for them up until that point. Don't make that same mistake. You guys don't allow your skepticism or your fear of what God is calling you to do to cause you to ultimately rebel against him. Remember I said in the beginning, your intentions may be cool. Their intentions may have been, let's say they, it wasn't an excuse like Tatum is saying it is, but let's say that they really did want to go and, and see which route they could best take. But their intentions might have been cool, but because they did that now, what they saw ultimately caused them to rebel against God. You're actually, we have to be people of follow through. There's so much work that we have to do. I say it all, all the time. There are people's lives that are dependent on your obedience. There's so much that we have to do. Imagine if when God told me to do this podcast by myself, to change it from black girl boss to blessed and bossed up and to talk about God. Imagine if I'd have been like, huh, God, I ain't really been saved, saved for that long. Like, what are you talking about? I ain't really even like fully grasped this whole living for you thing. Like I'm still trying to figure it out myself. I don't Now I'm a little bit skeptical now. Like how can I, I, you elevate me or, or change my, I'm going to say elevate. Cause I didn't know I was going to be elevated, but let me, how are you going to tell me to change my platform right now? Nah, I, I think I'm going to be good like this. What would that have meant for the quarter million people that, that we reach all over the world every single month? So again, you got, what would that mean for those who we're able to help with their podcast and so now their voice and what God is calling them to do is reaching the masses. Now, those who were, um, starting these businesses, but they weren't seeing the financial increase that they wanted to see. But now because we're helping them with the podcast and helping them monetizing things. Now they're able to feed their family better. Now they're able to have extra income in their pocket to do or to, to fund and do the things that God called him to do. What if I would have never shut down my business the way that God had me do it? Well, the way that I was doing it in order to do what God had me to do. What if I would have never did that? What would that mean for everybody who is listening to this right now? For those of you guys who look forward to this every single Monday, what would that mean? And I'm using this as an example because it's something that you listen to, you, you see, but I want you to put yourself in that. And a lot of times I think because we don't know the the ending and we don't know all the details. We allow that to cripple us. But if you just say yes to God and don't allow your skeptic skepticism to cause your actions to get you outside of his will, imagine what your life could be. This episode is brought to you by Modern Fertility. As entrepreneurs, we've been focusing heavily on our goals for 2020, what's our next steps for our business, the next goal we want to reach in our careers, or even our goals in our personal relationships. But what about planning for a baby? Besides contraceptives, I've never really even thought about being proactive about expanding my family in the way that modern fertility allows you to. Women are having children much later in life these days, but biology hasn't changed, and we need tools to understand the future of our fertility. 
Modern fertility is a quick and easy hormone test that you can take at home, whether you're thinking of trying for a baby now or you want to know your options for the future. Your results are delivered within 10 days and your personalized dashboard will give you insight into how many eggs you have, your hormone levels, and any reproductive red flags. Proactive testing through your doctors can cost over $1,000, like thousands of dollars. But with Modern Fertility, you can get the same information for just $159. And right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners $20 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com slash blessed. That's $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash blessed. Modernfertility.com slash blessed. Let's get back to the show. So remember, you guys, don't let your skepticism lead you to ultimately rebel against God. The next thing I really wanted to point out here is that you can never be an imposter with God's power. It's as simple as that, you guys. The reason why we are qualified for what it is that God is sending us to do is because we're going in it with his power. We're going in it. And, and let me give you guys a, a really good example so when it came to podcasting for me, um, I started it with my own intentions in the beginning and then God really just breathed his breath on it. And through my obedience, this has become way bigger than I ever thought it could be. So recently I had this opportunity where um, I was up for a position at CNBC as a podcast producer. So a friend of mine knows the person who was uh, one of the people on the hiring team and she texted me and was like Tatum this would be perfect for you I read it and was laughing because I was like I didn't even know like this was a whole thing like that this was there were jobs out here like this now I wasn't looking for a job so of course I'm like okay I still need like the freedom of my time I'm not about to be no long-term employee like what is the day-to-day -day aspect of this because I'm not going to abort God's mission because some huge company uh, is has the potential to give me opportunity like that ain't gonna happen so it worked it the details of it worked out well I mean it was more so of a temporary thing I would have had to go to Jersey for a few months in order to do this so um I went so I applied I had like a bunch of uh, phone calls and things like that so I ended up having to go to New Jersey pretty much for an interview so I'm sitting in this interview with these two guys that don't look like me and um, we're talking about they're going over like my little podcast resume and talk and looking over like the success that I've had with um, this show and then the refill podcast, because at the time, the fashionpreneur diaries hadn't launched yet. So I didn't have any information on that. So they're looking at my show. So, of course, I have like my analytics and my numbers on there. And they were like, oh, my gosh our shows don't even reach this, these numbers. The podcasts we have don't reach these numbers that your podcast is reaching. And they were looking like, well, how were you able to accomplish that? And, and asking me these questions, like they were shocked. <laughs> they were like, well, do you have celebrity guests on your show? I was like, no, I've never had, I think we've maybe had like a couple people with like higher following counts, but as far as like a celebrity guest, not really. Never, you know, and, and I don't want any celebrity guests. And they were like, well, what did you do? And I was explaining to them that there is strategy involved and um, the strategies that we use for the show. But 
how majority of it is very organic. And I, I believe that organic can be orchestrated. Organic isn't an accident, but it's by creating content that really, that people really care about and being very strategic in what you do so that pretty much your consumer becomes your marketing team for you. So I'm going into all of this or whatever. And, um, I'm sitting in the, and it just hit me as I was leaving. And I was so excited because I saw like one of the judges from Shark Tank in the building. And like, I'm a huge Shark Tank fan, y'all. Like I've seen every episode and I watch it all the time. And, um, and so I kind of, we like locked eyes for a second. I kind of gave one of those little head nods and smiles when you just see people or whatever. But on the inside, like, I think I was sitting in the lobby and I pulled out my phone real quick and I texted Tish and I was like, oh my God, I just saw uh, Kevin O'Leary. And I texted my husband like, oh my God, I just saw. And so I was just so, it was just so surreal for me to be sitting there and then having this conversation with these guys who were telling me how their shows don't even reach those numbers. I was just like, oh my, like, it was just a lot for me. Like it was good, but a lot at the same time. Um, and so the opportunity didn't really work out. And it's so crazy because I was like, as I was praying, I'm like, you know, God, I really didn't, I don't really need anybody else to give me an opportunity to get me somewhere. Like I'm, I know that whatever anybody else who has a part to play in my success is going to be because of you. And so I'm not silly enough to try to be like CNBC or any company is going to give me a break or anything like that. I know all of my blessings and my success comes from you. So what was the lesson in this? Like, what was it? It's, it's not, it's not working out as far as me going there. I'm glad because a lot of things have come up up in my personal life since then where it wouldn't have it would have been very stressful so I was like well God you knew that I would have been you knew that these things in my personal life were going to come up at this time before that I before I knew them and you knew that it would have been stressful if I would have been in Jersey still trying to balance what's going on here so why why we even go through all of this and I believe God was really showing me because I needed I need you to understand who you are and really see that by you partnering with me, I will take you above and beyond what anybody else can do who seemingly have more resources than you, who seemingly have more, all, all of the things figured out. Like y'all, I'm in this building with newsrooms, people everywhere, all types of staff, all types of things going on, all types of, of funding. They have a lot of money over there, right? But here I am this regular degla girl with a microphone and a laptop at, at a, a, a t my kitchen table every week creating something that reaches more people than others who have these huge resources this episode is brought to you by native native creates safe simple effective products that people use in the bathroom every day they create products with trusted ingredients and trusted performance Native products are made in the USA with ingredients thoughtfully sourced from around the world. Native deodorants can hang with your workout, your busy mom life, or super long 16 to 20, however long hour day. <laughs> People all over are loving Native as they have over 8,000 five-star reviews. I personally have the lavender and rose scent, and honestly, I cannot believe how long it has lasted me. It smells really good. Like I'm obsessed with it. I don't want to change my scent at all. <laughs> and it lasts all day. No matter how much I have going on, I can definitely count on the fact that by the end of the day, I, my native deodorant is still going to be there and it's still going to smell great. One of the other things I appreciate about their deodorants is that they're aluminum free and filled with ingredients found in nature, such as coconut oil, uh, shea butter, 
tapioca starch, which is really good with absorbing wellness. And although Native is priced at a slight premium when compared to conventional deodorants, it's both safe and effective. So for 20% off your first purchase, visit nativedeodorant.com and use promo code BLESS during checkout. Again, listeners of this show get 20% off. So for 20% off your first purchase, visit nativedeodorant.com and use promo code BLESS during checkout. Let's get back to the show. And it was just a huge eye opener for me. And I believe God showed, put me there to put it in my face to see, like, if you ever doubted me before, you really shouldn't doubt me now because look at, look, you're being praised for what me and you did. And these people are looking for somebody to get them that same level of success when they have all of these resources here. And it was just, y'all, it was so mind blowing for me. And I had to tell that story because I need you to understand you can never be an imposter with God's power. God's power is all that you need. But the enemy's job is to constantly make you feel like God's power is not enough. And one of the the things that people struggle with the most is most is having so much faith and confidence in something that they can't see or somebody they can't see or somebody they can't just pick up the phone and call or they can't follow on social media. And the enemy uses that to try to get into your face then to make you what you see, forget what God said to make the circumstances or the lack thereof make you forget that God's power is all that you need. He tries to show you the reality of things, but we don't live in reality. We don't live in our flesh. We don't live in the world. We live in the spiritual realm. We need to walk around seeing what God says 24 seven and anything that comes up that rises against what God said, we shut it down. When your inner me comes up to say that you're unqualified for that, you say, no, I am not. I am, I am qualified for anything that God calls me to do. And surely he would not have brought me this far to play me, to leave me, to have me fail. I'm never an imposter with God's power. I walk everywhere that I go with the, with the Holy Spirit on the inside of me. I'm never weak. I'm always strong because of the God that lives on the inside of me. So understand, you guys, you will never be an imposter with God's power. The next thing I want to point out, you guys, is or the next lesson that I want to pull from from this is that problems don't have to rob you of the victory. The people of Israel already had the victory because God said that they did. But because they went into scout this land and they saw the opposition, they saw the, the giants and all of these things. Now they rebelled and decided not to go in. So now they forfeited a fight that was already fixed in their favor in the first place. And I'm going to read this in my, um, this is a actually, this is actually a commentary from my study Bible. As y'all know, I'm huge on getting a good study Bible. I use the life application study Bible is on Amazon, but the commentary says the scouts have been sent to enter into the land to determine not whether they should enter, but where they should enter upon returning. However, most of the scouts had concluded that the land was not worth the obstacles. God would give the Israelites the power to conquer the land, but they were afraid of the risk and decided not to enter. God gives us the power to overcome our obstacles, but just as the Israelites were filled with fear and skepticism, we often let difficulties control our lives. When we follow God, regardless of the difficulties, we demonstrate courageous 
overcoming faith. Y'all, I believe that as we prepare for 2020 and we go into this new decade and the things that God has for us, we need to demonstrate courageous, overcoming faith. In order to overcome something, you have to face opposition. But too many of us are allowing the problems to keep us stagnant as opposed to looking as a pro- at the problems as opportunities for us to use our faith to overcome them and give God ultimately the glory for it. And the com- the commentate the comments further go to say Moses retold the story of the scouting mission into the promised land. When the scouts returned with reports of giants and walled cities, the people were afraid to move ahead and began to complain about their predicament. But the minority report of Joshua and Caleb pointed out that the land was fertile, the enemy was vulnerable, and God was on their side. We become fearful and immobile when we focus on the negative aspects of a situation. How much better is it to focus on the the positive, which is God's direction and promises? When you are confronted with an important decision and know what you should do, move out in faith. Focus on the positives while trusting God to overcome the negatives. Problem do, do not, excuse me, problems do not have to rob you of the victory. Again, problems do not have to rob you of the victory. The only time that a problem robs us of the victory is when we allow it to. We're not going into this new decade, you guys, allowing the negatives of the situations to outweigh God's power. They already had the victory, but because it was difficult, they didn't want to do it, which caused God to say, I'm done with you. Wander for 40 years until you die. And we're going to try again with the next generation. I don't know about y'all, but I don't go through difficulties to be out here taking L's. When things come up in my life, it's not time for me to back down. It's time for me to square up. I don't play with people in real life and I don't play with the enemy when it comes to spiritual stuff. I'll beat somebody down if they try me in real life and I will beat the enemy up every time he tries to play me spiritually. Seriously. And don't (laughs) forgive my aggression, but that's, that's how I get when it comes to the things of God. And I'm saved now, so I don't beat people up for real, but I'm just saying the same way I want to in real life is what I actually will do in the spirit. So again, y'all, I want you to be the same way. We talked about this on a tour. So many of us who are so tough, but spiritually soft, so tough, but spiritually soft. And now is not the time to do that. We can't play like that when it comes to the things that God has for us. We got work to do. We got blessings to collect. We have joy to claim. We have abundance to get ready for. And there is going to be opposition. That's just a part of it. Nothing's going to come easy, but it's a fixed fight. So like, I don't know how else I could say it. It's a fixed fight. Problems don't have to rob you of the victory. The only way you lose is if you give up. And the last sort of revelation um, that I wanted to share is that, and this was something this is actually kind of unrelated, but I really wanted to make sure I said this on today's episode is always be discerning as we are pre- preparing for the new year and um, we're growing in our faith and, and going after the, the things and going to take the territory that God has set aside for us, always be discerning. Even people that you admire can be tainted. I'm an observer by nature, right? I'm the type of person I'm real laid back. I pay a lot of attention and I'm always paying attention. Like, so 
I'm able to kind of see things that other or discern things in a way that other people may overlook. And one thing that I've noticed is that a lot of us get forgiving or we let our discernment go down because of the relationship that we have with a person or the spiritual gifts that they had that we admire about them. So example, there may be, let's say a person who let's say is a prophet and this person is truly gifted in the gift of prophecy. They've been on point with a lot of the words that they've given you and things like that. And because of that, you trust them and you trust them to, um, and you trust them in a way that you may not trust other people. You let them in, in a way that you may not let in other people. And then over the course of time, let's say something changes, the enemy has infiltrated them or tainted them in a sense to where now they don't need to be laying hands on you anymore. Right. But because you trust the gifts that, or because of the gifts that you know that they have or the trust that they, that you have with them, now your discernment is off. And now you're allowing the enemy in through somebody who used to be trustworthy. And now you don't even realize it, but you're opening the door for him to come and destroy you. You know, I, one of the scriptures I take very seriously is be sober and vigilant. The enemy walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. And that's really one of the main reasons I am so observant because I don't want to leave the door open knowingly for him to come in. And a good example for of this in my own life is the church that I went to. I'm like, you know, how in this particular passage um, or with the people of Israel during the Exodus, God was the cloud when a cloud up and moved, they upped and moved. And so for me, um, being my, keeping my discernment up in the church that I was at, everything was cool, but something changed. You know, I was comfortable. I was happy. I was growing. I was uh, learning more about ministry and things like that. I was good, but I started noticing that something was changing. I st- I kept paying attention and, uh, and ultimately I discerned that the cloud had left and I don't play. So when the cloud goes, I go, I go. And so I left, but I knew and God just further showed me things, even as I was contemplating that decision. And even after God showed me more things and stuff like that and and started giving me dreams and things to to confirm what I was seeing, but, um, I had to leave. And what's crazy is there's things going on in my life right now that I would have allowed the enemy or allow people that I trusted I would have uh, allowed them to have a level of authority over me that could have possibly impacted what God is calling me to do. Right. So even with the, like the tour, I don't play about who prays for me before I go into places. I don't need to go nowhere tainted. So I have to, I have a heightened level of responsibility because of the platform God has given me. So I can never have my guard down as far as the sermon is concerned. Because if, if somebody is laying hands on me that is um, that is demonically influenced in any way, I'm not going to transfer that over to somebody that I'm praying for when I'm going into these different cities. And the same thing for you. Like, you don't want to let nobody have the authority to be able to come and lay hands on you and pray for you and things like that if they're tainted. There have been people, let me, there have been people who will try to pray for me. I'll be like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm, I'm okay. No, thank you. 
or somebody may say something. I may have to take a second and say, God, or somebody may have touched me or something. I'm like, God, I, I, I rebuke any spirit that tries to enter into me through that person. I pray for your protection. I cast out anything that tries to hop on me from them. Like whatever you got to stay on guard. You got to stay sober and you have to stay vigilant. You can't with the places that God is sending you guys, you cannot have anybody be in, or you cannot allow your life, your business, your family to be influenced by just anybody. And sometimes the people that we trust are tainted. I was having a conversation with um, a friend of mine and she was telling me about how somebody in her life um, that she had trusted up until that point was now planting seeds of division within her marriage. And she was like, Tatum, every time I talk to this person, me and my husband start arguing right afterwards. And as she was telling me this and she was telling me just the nuances of the story, I was like, oh, this is what's going on. Like God was showing me what was going on to tell her. I was like, oh, no, no, no. This was going on, yada, yada, yada. But she had to distance herself from that person because they they had become tainted in whatever way. I don't know what happened. She don't know what happened. We don't need to know what happened. All we need to know is that there's not pureness here anymore. Therefore, you can't have access to me like that anymore. It doesn't have to be forever, but it's going to be for as long as whatever is on you is on you. You don't have any access to my life because my marriage is not about to be out here in shambles because of you. Are you crazy? Or my business is not about to be out here failing because of you. Are you crazy? I'm not about to have people leave my event worse off than how they came because I let you in the building. Are you crazy? People, people will, or, um, people stay emailing me about getting on this show. Like it's, if I had a dollar for every time I got an email about somebody trying to be a guest, I would have made six figures just off of that. And I'm like, I'm not letting you on this show. I don't know you or what's on you. Are you crazy? You think I'm a compromise the, the platform that God has given me because you want to reach a couple people and make a couple dollars. I'm good. Love enjoy. Simple as that. So the same thing for you guys, we can't go into this new year, this new season, this new decade, allowing anybody that's, that's, that is tainted, even if we trust them to get to, to, um, have access to us in that type of way. So again, y'all, like I knew God had me come on here and I was finna go in, like my notes, not even that deep. I was just like, okay, God, this is what we're going to do. These are the revelations that you gave me have your way. And I I believe that this message, this episode was for those people who are called, but it's something that's holding you back and God needs you to go and occupy the territory that he has called you to and understand that, that imposter syndrome is a rebellion against God. So share this episode, you guys, because you know, like those who may be in your life, who may need to hear this, share this episode, make sure that you rate, you subscribe, all of that good stuff. Um, I love you guys. And I will talk to you next week.